0: Good evening and welcome to Three Valleys Radio's Racing Show. We'll have all our usual guests here. We'll be talking to Sam Hoskins about Subuska's success over the weekend. And Richard Phillips and Colin Brown will be looking at the Goodwood Festival. So get your notebooks out and let's get some tips. hopper here welcome to the three valleys radio racing show and let's get started straight away with all the racing news with mike padden
1: hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the racing news with all the news that is the news from the racing media which includes racing tv the racing post and the sporting life i'm mike padden and here's our first story this week Few people gave Powell Driver a fighting chance, but joint trainer William Muir was so confident he predicted his stable star would win the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes two weeks ago. The five-year-old was an 18-to-one outsider in a field of high achievers, including winners of the Irish Derby, Juddmonte International, and the Arc. But they did not land a blow as he scored by two and three-quarter lengths. He beat Torquator Tasso, once again forgotten in the market, just as he was at Longchamp last year, in this Battle of the Generations, with three-year-olds Westover and Emily Upjohn finishing fifth and sixth. I knew he was going to win two weeks ago, said Muir, who will be driving the winner home. He continued, he did a strong piece of work, with a good seven furlong horse. He gave him seven lengths, but caught up and went away from him. I never wanted to cry, but I do today. I didn't care who was running. I know they said Westover was fantastic in the Irish Derby, and they thought Emily Upjohn was terrific. But we also knew our horse was very talented. Driver has taken his connections on a remarkable journey. He failed to fetch a reserve of just 10,000 guineas when sent to the sales as a foal but has scored at Royal Ascot and won the Great Voltigeur in 2020 before providing Muir and Chris Grassick with their first Group 1 in last year's Coronation Cup. Since then, he has taken them to Hong Kong, Saudi Arabia and Dubai, but he reached new heights at Ascot under PJ MacDonald, who was deputising for the sideline Martin Dwyer with Frankie Dettori aboard Emily Upjohn. Muir continued. He won at 50-1 to on his debut at Salisbury, and I told the owners not to let him run without backing him, and we all did. Then he went to Newbury, and our old friend Matt Chapman said the form of his first race was bad, but he managed to finish fourth when drawn in the wrong side. He then won the Ascendant Stakes under PJ, who has a 100% record on him. We got to love him. But we do feel sorry for Martin, who told PJ exactly how to ride him. It's been an amazing journey since then. I've never lost any faith in him, and he's just won one of the biggest races. What does that mean to Muir? Well, he said, in the early days, we won a five furlong race here, and we were jumping around and partying in the car park. When he won the King Edward VI stakes, we were in the car park for so long, I almost had to go home every day to train him. I don't drink, and I'm not going to start, but there will be a big party. This was a big moment. It was certainly a big moment for Macdonald. The rider was one of the main beneficiaries of a dizzying jockey's merry-go-round in the build-up to the Group 1, and while many hoped to land the ride, it was Macdonald who was entrusted with it. As one door closed for Dwyer, out of action following an operation on torn ligaments in his knee, sustained during a freak gallops accident, another door opened for MacDonald, who was quick to pay tribute to his injured colleague. He said, I feel so sorry for Martin. These horses are so hard to come by and I know what he'll be going through. He's an absolute gent and has been so supportive of me. He's helped me so much in the last week, and I'll be sure to keep Pile Driver right for him when he comes back. You work hard every day, but don't believe these days will happen. This came by luck. It was someone else's misfortune, and I've stood in, but I'm grateful for the opportunity. He went through the race like a knife through butter, and I knew, turning for home, it would take a good one to beat him. I can't believe it. During the final furlong, I was thinking, where are they? Where are they? I was willing the line to come, and thank God it did as he was running around in front. You wouldn't believe how confident Martin was on the phone today. We had a game plan, and everything just panned out. It was a fifth top-level success for MacDonald, who has the rare distinction of having also won a Scottish Grand National, and he added, This could be the last time I win a Group 1. I want to make sure I enjoy the moment. Joint owner Roger Devlin suggested all the roads will now lead to the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe for Pile Driver, who was cut to 16 to 1 from 66 by Betfair. And next, here on the racing news. Connections of the fancy classic generation were left wondering what went wrong, but there was less soul searching for the Talkator Tasso team after last year's Arc Hero ran a fine race to finish second on his British debut. The German-style season had been built around a repeat Longchamp bid on October 2nd, and Johi Reni Paj-Chilek believes the five-year-old, quote, has not yet reached his top level this year. The Marcel Weiss train Torkotor Tasso could not emulate successful German raiders Dandream and Novelist, but chased home pile-driver, finishing two and three-quarter lengths behind the winner, and was eight lengths clear of Mishrif in third. Talker Tortasso, who was cut to 10-1 to from 25 with William Hill to land a second arc, has improved with each run this year, finishing a below-past six in a Group 2 at Baden-Baden before a victory at the same level at Hamburg. This was another step in the right direction, particularly given his best form is on easier ground than the good-to-firm, good-in-places at Ascot. Paichilek said, We had a perfect race. There was a good pace throughout. "'I had a great position behind the winner, and it was a great run. "'All eyes are now on the arc. "'The ground is fast, and on softer ground he would be closer to the winner. "'It was his third run of the year, and he's not yet reached his top level. "'I'm very proud of him. "'The race was full of good horses, and he was clear of the rest.' The classic generation failed to fire, with Irish Derby winner and 13 to 8 favourite Westover racing keenly before weakening well out of contention, beaten 18 lengths in fifth. His trainer Ralph Beckett said there was nothing that you and I couldn't see. They didn't go on as we thought they would, and it didn't happen for us. Oaks second Emily Upjohn pulled hard and trailed in last, a further seven lengths behind her fellow three-year-old. Her rider Frankie Dettori said the trip was too far today at that pace. Emily Upjohn's stablemate and last year's runner-up Mishriff, was notably slower away. And although latching onto the back of the field, the three-time top-level winner was never able to trouble the principals. James Doyle, who rode Mishrif for the first time after David Egan and owner Prince Faisal recently parted company, said What happened at the start obviously didn't help, but we were going downhill, so I was able to cruise up. I was able to get up to them, but they kept the pedal down and I was never able to properly fill up. The trip has ultimately been shown to be a bit far. And next, here on the Racing News... Sir Busker earned the chance of another crack at Baid with another battling defeat of one of the superstar's stablemates in the Skybet York Stakes. He was no match for the champion miler in the Queen Anne Stakes, but took advantage of a drop to Group 2 company and a step up to one mile two and a half furlongs, pipping the William Haggis-trained Dubai honour by a nose under Ben Curtis. It was his first win since landing the Consolation Royal Hunt Cup in 2020. The six-year-old is a 50-to-1 shot from 100 for the Jude Monte International with Paddy Power, and trainer William Knight said, He's in the International because if he was to win today, we'd have said, why wasn't he? It's such good prize money, and it will have to be seriously considered. He continued, I'm so pleased for the horse, he deserved that. He's run some massive races over the last couple of years, and it's nice to get his head in front. He loved the step-up to a mile and a quarter, and we probably should have done it earlier. I thought he was a big price when I looked at it this morning, and if the step-up in trip worked, I knew that he'd be very interesting. Next up, here on the Racing News... Jonathan England will have an enforced week off from his day job after being handed a seven day whip ban following his win on Birkenhead in the five furlong Sky Bet jump jockeys at Nunthorpe. He was in front around two furlongs out on the Paul Midgley trained 25 to one shot, but had to get serious to hold on by a neck. He was stood down for using his whip above the permitted level. The jockey, who is best known for his exploits on jumpers trained by his wife Sam And also won the Roland Merrick chase on Cloudy 2 for Sue Smith in 2013 Was having his second crack at the race He said I rode in the race for Paul last year and I didn't have much luck But on paper that lad had a good shout today And he did the job It's a privilege to have a winner here Midgley, who also sent out runner Leo Distream and 5th place Nibarasa Game was winning the race for the third time in just five furlongs He said, I always like to have runners in this It's a great race for the jumping boys And our final piece of news here on the Racing News today Patience paid off for Connor Beasley as he won the £65,000 Skybet Dash on Force Meyer. A course and distance winner last month who finished third in Group 3 company here a fortnight ago. Trainer Michael Dodd said, She likes to get on with it and we knew there was a lot of pace on. So I said to Connor, whatever he did, don't try to have her on the front end. Two and a half out, he thought he was in trouble because they were going so hard. But then he got her a bit of space and he asked her and she came good. When she hits the front, she doesn't want to be passed and she's got the heart of a lion. He continued, she loves it here, this fitted in well with her next race, which is the listed Flying Phillies race at Pontefract. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, thanks for listening and join us again next time.
0: Well that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media and now let's see where we can go racing this weekend. Now, to start with there are seven races on the flat at Goodwood with a 105 start. There are seven races on the flat at Newmarket on the July course with a 120 start. Seven races on the flat at Doncaster, 147 start and seven races on the flat At Thursk with a 2.06 start. You can go over to Ireland for a race uh, over the jumps at Galway with a 2.30 start. There are seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather with a 5.05 start. Seven races on the flat at Hamilton, 5.45 start. And a race on the flat at Greyville in South Africa. And Sunday... There are seven races over the jumps at Market Rasen with a 1 o'clock start, seven races on the flat at Chester with a one fifty start, and eight races over the jumps at Galway with a 2 o'clock start. With well, our last Saturday, our very good friend Sam Hoskins had a wonderful day at York races when Sir Busker won the Group 2 Skybet York Stakes by a nose. Now, it brought his earnings to nearly half a million pounds, and Ben Curtis gave him a great ride, and now they're talking about taking on Bide. So I thought, well, I've got to speak to Sam and just try and find out what's the story behind this, because he's now going to go for the Judbot International, and, um, you know... That they're they're not unrealistic about their chances, but at the same time, you know, it's it's, it's great times for Subaska. So here's yeah. what Sam had to say when I got hold of him this morning. Well, good morning, Sam. You must be on Clyde Nine this morning, I should think, after Saturday's victory for uh, Subaska.
2: Yeah, absolutely over the moon AD, Yeah, that was a. It just so deserved after two years off away from the winners' enclosure. Um, that was fantastic, and uh, he was so gutsy in the last two furlongs after that protracted battle with Dubai Honor, and that was just brilliant.
0: And, and according to what I've read, you know, he's he's earned nearly half a million pounds since you've had it, which is, which is serious money, isn't
2: it? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's done done the syndicate members proud. And bear in mind, he's raced during COVID as well, when prize money was, wasn't great. Um, he, he's done amazingly well, and he's about to go and run in the Judmont International in next month, hopefully. And um, that's a million pound race, which is very exciting.
0: Absolutely, you how much do you think bringing him up to ten furlongs is, has made the difference?
2: I think a lot, really. I think he's. Um, it, there was certainly. I mean, I have my doubts personally that he'd get the ten furlong trip. But, um, but he. But he. he seemed to. He has always stayed on well in his races. But I, I think we'd always felt it was perhaps a strong pace that suited him rather than actually necessarily needing further. His pedigree is a bit conflicting on whether he'd get it or not. But to fair, he, although they went slowly on faster, he seemed to get it easily. So. Um, it makes a lot of sense to try the jump Mark next because that's over sound Sounds day, and it'll be a completely different of fish quality-wise. But um, if you're not in it, you can't win it.
0: No, absolutely, yeah, I quite agree. Uh, you know, he won by a nose, but, I mean, Ben Curtis gave him a very good ride.
2: He did, yeah, a really great ride and he had in the right position the whole time and was very strong in finish and, and the horse bound when he, when he asked him to and, yeah, it was great. And Ben's now... Ben actually rode him... Uh, but his first his two wins as a four-year-old in 2020, and um, he would have ridden them in, at Royal Ascot when he won in 2020. But but he was um, he was obliged to um, to to, uh, to ride for another owner. He was contractually he had a contract with another owner that he had to ride that. So he didn't ride him at Royal Ascot. And Ashin Murphy got on board and won on him. And then, but history is that but that was history, really. And, um. Yeah. Anyway, it's great to see him back on. And um, and uh, yeah, so he will probably he'll almost certainly keep the ride at York in a month's time.
0: Now, you know, there's talk that uh, you're going to take on Baid, and everybody seems to acknowledge that Baid is possibly the best racehorse in the world at the present time. Um, you know, that's fighting talk, isn't it? I mean, how, how serious are you about, you know, do you think you can beat him?
2: No, not really. <laughs> um, I don't, but, um, but you never know. He's a horse and it's a horse race. And York is York does produce a few shocks. Um, Baid will be going up the strip. Hopefully he'll have a hard race this week at Goodwood. Um, so you never say never, and there's no horse that's unbeatable. And when you've got putting up prize money like that, I mean, it's 200,000 per second. So if we trail in Baid in second or third, we'll be over the moon. Hmm. Um, so um, you never you never know, but we're not, we're not under no illusions that we're going to beat Baid, but uh, we'll be definitely trying to do so. And if we get if we get anywhere near him, we'll be over the moon.
0: Well, it certainly enhances your horse's values when people start to talk about him in the same breath as Baid.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. He's definitely he's one of those. He, he's definitely kind of an unsung hero, really. He's um, kind of the Cinderella man, I think, in the boxing ring. And um, yeah, he's a gelding. Doesn't have any to stud rights or anything. And he'll retire Touchwood, hopefully, a sound horse in a few years' time. And 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 uh, um, and he, he a very well-deserved retirement. But uh, but in the meantime, yeah, certainly his value to us as a horse that can represent on the big stage and, and can win prize money. Um, is fantastic and he's yeah, he priceless to us
0: now, now you're syndicate manager for Kennet ba- Valley Racing um, but you're also I can't resist uh, talking about Hot to Trot as well how are things going with Hot to Trot at the moment?
2: Yeah Hot Trot's good thanks AD. Well, we've got, uh, we got a couple of runners that are good with this week uh, for our Hot to Trot 1 group we've got um, Roman Miss runs in the Oak Tree on Wednesday and we've got Get Ahead running um, in the five furlong 3-yard handicap on the Thursday um, Both of them would have a squeak. I mean, Roma Miss has got a terrible draw in thirteen, and she ran poorly last time at Pontefract for no real reason. So she's got it all to prove on the back of that. But on all her runs beforehand, she was so consistent, and um, if she ran to the form of her Epsom third or her Kempton win, then she'd have a squeak. Um, Get ahead, I'd be pretty strong on her chance on my Thursday. She's she would love that fight, fight, sharp five furlong. She's well handicapped. Um, it just, everything fits in well, she was unlucky at Ascot last day um, I'd be really hopeful she'll run a good race on Thursday.
0: And what about Hot Trot 2, what, what, what's the situation there?
2: Hot Trot 2, we were, Panterelle, Panterelle was going to run she was going to be an e- given an entry this week, she was due to run last weekend but she got a bite from a um, mosquito or something like that and it all swelled up and meant she couldn't run at Newmarket and sadly the swelling has not gone down quick enough for Goodwood so she doesn't run uh, we don't have any other... Uh, we have Emily Post running at Beverly on Tuesday, tomorrow. Um, she should, should run well. a track that should suit her. Um Miglia has entered two races at Newmarket on Friday evening. And um, Rage of Bambi is on the way back after an impressive debut win last month. So, yeah, it's something to look forward to. It. Dorothy's on the sidelines at the moment, but... Um, Yes, it's all, it's all exciting and all go at
0: the moment. Enjoy the moment because, it, you know, to, to, to have a, a victory like that and, and to be, as we, we've already said, being talked about in the same breath as Baid is great. And, you know, I think you deserve it. You work hard on, on what you do there. And uh, it's great to see the syndicate doing so well. So, you know, keep up the good work and best of luck for the Jud Bond.
2: That's very kind. Thanks,
0: Thanks, Sam. to you again. Well, from a very satisfied Sam Hoskins, we're going to go to an even more satisfied trainer and jockey. But first, we're going to uh, relive the moment. For those of you who didn't watch bide success at Goodwood on Wednesday, here's an opportunity, courtesy of Racing TV, to hear the commentary of the race and what the trainer and the jockey felt about the performance.
3: And they're off. A slightly awkward jump, but a fast jump from Bathrat Leon, who leads early. The Japanese Raider from Shindit, the leader going off very quickly. Order of Australia on the outside, their modern games in the all-blue. Bayeed settled in fifth place in the blue-white epaulette striped cap, worn by Jim Crowley to the outside of alcohol-free. And then Angel Blur at the rear of the field as they cover the first two furlongs in the Qatar, Sussex Stakes, Group 1, 2022, and Bathrat Leon leading the way, Shindid in second, Modern Games around the inside of Order of Australia, then Alcohol Free to the inside of the 6-1 to on favourite Bayid and Angel Blur at the back of the field heading on towards the halfway stage and the turn into the home straight. Bathrat, Leon out in front. C Sakhoi out in front by a length and a half to Shindit in second. Modern Games is third, then Order of Australia, followed by Alcohol, Free and Baid. They're both being held up off the pace and finally Angel Blur. Down the home run, entering the final three furlongs in the Sussex. Bathrat, Leon leads the way. Shadow by Shindit. Order of Australia about to be produced by Ryan Moore. Baid on the extreme right, cruising... At the moment, as you might expect, Modern Games under pressure at the cutaway. Alcohol-free, exploring a run on the far side. Bathrat Leon uh, just gains a little bit of momentum there from the cutaway. Leads by two lengths, chased by Modern Games. And here is Bayid now, asked the big question on the outside. Bayid cutting them back. Modern Games putting up a fight. But Bayid, oh, this horse has got gears that other horses do not possess. And it's nine from nine. Bayid and a canter wins the Qatar Sussex Stakes from Modern Games, alcohol-free running on.
4: Baed has just brought in his unbeaten run to nine, with an authoritative win in the Sussex Stakes. Jim Crowley, of course, was on board. What was that like?
5: Oh, some feeling, it really was. I mean, he's just, he's skipped so relaxed. The race went perfectly. Um, he sort of came into the race between the three and the two, just unbelievable, he just cruises into it. and If anything, he, he just, when he hits the front, he thinks he's done enough a little bit. And, I gave him a couple of taps today because there's a big roar from the crowd and I just felt when he hit the front he just started to shut down a little mm-hmm. bit, not in a bad way, it's just it's just if you see his demeanour after the race, that's just he thinks it's a piece of work. It takes nothing out of him essentially? Nothing out of him, he hardly blew afterwards and look, he's a horse of a lifetime and it's a testament, I've said it before, Sheik Hamdam's breeding operation, to breed a horse like this and it's lovely Shaker Hiss is here watching it. and shake hand and we'd be so proud you've ridden some very very good horses is this clearly the best yeah for sure i mean i've always they're all different the horse who won it a few years ago in was mm. brilliant mm. never really got a chance to shine um other than that day but listen this fellow is just something else and uh, it's great to be a part of it
4: you could actually see that point where he thought i don't know if here his ears went didn't he it just
5: it's he, obvious he's, he's just got a great after the race here he was like he was in his stable but you know, Testament must go, Michael Hills rides him, Ricky looks after him and William and Maureen have just, they're brilliant trainers aren't they and they've just done a marvellous job with him and William keeps saying enjoy it, <laughs> it's easy to enjoy afterwards. <laughs> yeah I'm sure you could say the same thing straight back to William couldn't you? <laughs> yeah exactly but no, I suppose we've got to make the most of it and hopefully he can you know run a big race at, uh, at York, I don't see his 10 furlongs being a problem for him. Um. Yeah, forward to
4: that was that in your mind at all today were you thinking about
5: that, that extent because it's a new frontier isn't it next time at York yeah for sure and it is and I, it doesn't worry me and I, I was obviously I didn't want to give him a hard race but on the second second time you know, he, he did shut down a bit a little bit in front but he didn't blow after the race he's had an easy time and you know William give him a lovely run in now to York and had him to it.
4: The bit I hadn't seen before was his entrance into the pre-parade where he kind of burst in and they could barely sort of hold him and he was coltish. and then he comes into the paddock and he just sort of, it's like a flick, a switch flicks and he was just completely professional. Is that typical him?
5: Yeah, well, we hadn't noticed him do that before but maybe he keeps hearing people talking about being a stallion. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Well,
5: not yet, please. No, but it was a great performance today and a pleasure to be a part of it all. Many congratulations. Thank you so much. Well, I think William Haggis will have had some moments
4: to reflect now on Bayade's victory in the Sussex States, extending his unbeaten run and winning with a lot of comfortable authority. How are you feeling now?
6: Great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, it, 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 was a, it seemed a smooth race. I mean, I need to look at it again because it's hard to watch. And, but, uh, yeah, he did, he did it well enough.
4: It's hard to watch objectively isn't
6: it when you've got that much invested in a horse that good yeah and and he's sort of bringing his own pressure now because he's never been beaten and you know with two more races left in his life it's now looking possible but only possible that he might remain so and that will be two more tense days but but quite frankly i said to jim we haven't got long left with him and, you know, we'll, we'll struggle to find another like him. So uh, let's enjoy him while he's here. And we're really, we're trying to do that. All of us, everyone at home, we just keep working and don't really bother about him.
4: Yes, uh, Jim said that you said that to him. And I was thinking you were probably saying it partly to yourself as well. But...
6: Possibly, yeah. Shekiais has been saying, I've been saying all day to her, are you calm? And she said, I'm calm, William. I don't think you are, <laughs> but I am, I'm relatively calm.
4: I've just spoken to Shekha she is incredibly calm and she believes so much in this horse.
6: Absolutely, and you know we all know that, that this is what her father bred all these horses for, to find one like this and, and that's the sadness but wonderful for her to have a, a, a boom horse to enjoy in a relatively fledgling owner's life. Mm.
4: The significance of it is huge, and she was going through back back through the pedigree, and I feel it both for her and her family, of course, but also for British racing when you think about what a gift that was to it.
6: Absolutely, absolutely.
4: Um, so, thinking ahead to a new frontier, ten furlongs. Jim seems to be pretty confident. How are you feeling about it? Still the same. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I, I, look, I, I think we would be wrong not to try it, mm. and I think he travels so well that uh, I think it would be exciting.
4: He he's, he thought he'd done enough, didn't he? <laughs> quite <laughs>
6: quite he a long said, way out. He said he had to give him a couple today because he said the roar from the crowd and he pricked his ears and he thought, oh, you know, you don't want to be pulling up yet. But, uh, you know, I think, I think York will suit him well and hopefully we can get him there in one piece and in good form and then we can enjoy it.
4: Tell me about the prelims, because I've never seen him as excitable as that. And I asked you about it, and you were really phlegmatic about it. I don't remember him doing that prior to the QE2 or the glorious stakes last year. Is that something that has increased as he's got older and become more of a stallion?
6: I think they they obviously get more colty as they get older. But, look, he's fine once you get going. I think it's the hanging around that he doesn't like. And we saddled him in the stables at Newbury and at Ascot. It's impossible to do that here. You know, and so it's all a bit new. Uh, and we'll work something out for York, and, and it's not a big issue. And you know, Angus said he hadn't seen him like that, but, but we have. You know, if, if a filly floats in front of his box door, he, he gives her a, a good morning.
4: <laughs> okay, so you've got the walk over the nose mile to deal with, but the thing that really impressed me was having seen him do that, the moment he came into the paddock, it was like a switch flicked in his mind.
6: And that's the beauty of it. You know, he knows what it's all about. Coming in the paddock, he was like an old man. You know, just walked round, and when Jim got on, didn't bother, lobbed away down to post. So, so it, it's there. It's just, it's nothing, Lydia. I don't make a big deal of it. No, no,
4: no, no, That's fine. And finally, can you say about the meaning of the horse for you and your team? This latest success.
6: Well, it's it, it's it's fantastic for us to to win a race of this quality. I've never won the Sussex before. We have never won it. And uh, it's a, it boosts our chances of going up the trainer's table, which is very important because Balding and Gosden usurped us yesterday and we fell, fell apart yesterday, but we're now ahead of them and only about five million behind Charlie Appleby. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you're not thinking about it. Man, not at all, not at course. Course. No, it didn't cross your mind. Many congratulations. Thanks,
6: Lydia. <laughs> well, that was
0: some performance and let's be fair... No wonder they're calling him the best racehorse in the world, because without doubt, he is. Absolutely fantastic performance. Now it's over to Richard Phillips for his thoughts on Bayeid. Afternoon, Richard. Thanks for joining us. Um, We're right in the middle of Goodwood. What did you make of this afternoon's uh, races?
7: Well, Bayeid definitely is the star of the week, really. Um, He's the star of the flat racing season. He was brilliant last year. He's getting better in many respects, although he's very much like his father, see the stars. He only really does enough, as it were, but uh, Jim Crowley's quote tells you everything. The feeling the horse gave him between the three furlong and the two furlong marker, he said was out of this world, and uh, this horse looks out of this world. He's the best horse in the world. Uh, He's now going to go to York and set up up to to a mile and a quarter, uh, which, of course, uh, first time over that trip, but he looks a brilliant miler, but he looks as though he'd be even better over a mile and a quarter. So he's doing exactly what Frankel did, uh, going from the Sussex States to the International, the Juddmore International at York, and he, he looks an absolute superstar. But very much like his father, See the Stars, who basically was Galileo's half-brother. But um, Galileo's half-brother, See the Stars, would never do more than he had to, really. So um, this horse is the same. He comes there cruising. Once he's hit the front, he just pricks his ears and knows he's done the job. So um, he's a superstar.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and they were saying, sad, that uh, Sheikh Hamdan's not around to be able to see it.
7: Absolutely, Sheikh Hamdan, um, who, through this Shadwell stud, bred horses decade after decade, brilliant horses. He's had some fantastic ones, and this is as good as any he's ever bred. And it's a shame that he passed away uh, a couple of years ago now, I think, and it's very sad that he's not here to see it. But the blood goes on. And uh, his colours go on, and um, although on a reduced level, it's still great to see uh, such a respected man um, leave such a legacy.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. An absolute cavalry charge, isn't it? And, and pretty nigh on impossible to pick a winner from that.
7: Yeah, the Stewards Cup is uh, always impossible, I think. That's why bookmakers make profits, really, in mm. a race like the Stewards Cup, and there'll uh, probably be other races to back horses in. But uh, it is still one of the great handicap sprints of the year, uh, if not the best, and it's always had a great history in the past and some great horses have won it, including who who is one of the fastest horses we'd ever see, um, trained by Ian Balding. Um, some great horses have won the Stewards Cup, but it, it's a pretty hard one to pick the winner of. But So in those sort of races, I think, just sit back and
0: enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely, and keep your money in your pocket.
7: Yeah, very sensible, I think.
0: <laughs> um, but we did have, um, yes, yeah, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Stradivarius is... Uh- run um you know what a fantastic horse that is and 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 i thought it was very classy too that uh frankie went down and had a chat with them all before the start of the race in in view of the fact of what had happened with him and the horse
7: yeah absolutely so frankie utori came into the paddock uh andrea atzini was on board this time as it were but they're both italians they're both great friends and um Frankie's a great friend of John Gosden and uh, Bjorn Nielsen, the, the owner of Stradivarius. And, you know, I think it's like a lot of things in sport, you know, whether who takes the penalties. Sometimes you, you, you're basically your team members and maybe Stradivarius just needed a little change of jockey to see where you were with him. You can argue that uh, Andre Azzini gave him a great ride and he so nearly won, but um, it, was a, it was a terrific race. I mean, some few years ago, they were starting, talking about stayers races, Trying to make them sort of slightly shorter, but I think the staying division is always exciting. And yesterday's race was absolutely fantastic, um, with Kiprios winning and, uh, of course, True Shannon third. But Stratoverius was an absolute crack in a finish second, and he hit the front, I think, at on one stage. But, um, the winner just uh, pegged him back at the younger horse, just pegged him back. But so great to see an eight year old keep on running at the high level, it's fantastic.
0: And, and of course, Mr. Nielsen said that the, the horse, it sounds like he's going to carry on for maybe a couple more races.
7: Yeah, I think John Gosden is basically the man who said, um, uh, I think the horse will tell him. But I think Bjorn Nielsen knows that he, while the horse is still running well, the best thing to do is run him, certainly this time of season. So what else would he do? So it may well be his last season, but we'll see how he gets on. He might well go to York, uh, the Yorkshire Cup. And if he does... Um, he'll have a great chance. I think York would suit him as well. So it's a big, long straight. And um, yeah, while he's running well, let him run. But um, it's amazing to see a horse at eight years of age still at the top of his game. And uh, yesterday when he walked around the parade ring having not actually won the race, but to see so many racegoers appreciate him and applaud him uh, just shows you what these horses that come season after season to entertain us all, how much they are
0: appreciated. In the list of sort of you know previous winners uh, of the uh, stairs type races, where do you think uh, Stradivarius stands? In you know, I mean, is he is he top of the tree? Do you think is it much better than him? Well, he
7: has got to be right up there. I mean, Yates uh, won Ascot Gold Cup after Ascot Gold Cup. Um, the argument would be that Stradivarius probably should have won more uh, Ascot Gold Cups. So I know that's one of the things that Mr. Gosden and Mr. Dettori probably. um is agreed about this year is that um the horse could possibly have won this year's Ascot gold cup but to win year after year he's got to be one of the greats if not the best but um you know there's been so many great stayers Ardross and Buckskins and Lamosses from years gone by and Yates quite recently so it's been some great staying horses but he's certainly achieved as much as any of them
0: do you think Mr O'Brien's horse can carry on and uh pick up the mantle now and, and go on to be better than, than Stradivarius?
7: Well, probably can, you know, to stay sound for year after year takes a lot of luck and a lot of skill. And of course, in Aidan O'Brien's hands, that could well happen because um, he did it, like I said, with Yates, who came in sort of four basket gold cups and the most amazing thing to do and came back year after year and uh, hopefully um, Kiprios can do the same thing. He looks like a really decent stay in as much as he's got a great temperament and that he, he's got speed but he's got stamina as well and uh, he's as tough as they come as well so he can he pulled out the bag yesterday and I think you know when you ask him he does it so they're the sort of horses that make great stayers so he could well go and um, be the next Stradivarius.
0: Now I know you don't want to go for the for the um, Stewards Cup you said wasn't it? Yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, is, there, is there anything even just that floats past you that you think, well, I suppose that that might have a chance. Go on, just pick one.
7: Well, um, I haven't actually seen the declarations, but um, for Saturday, so I can't even pick one. But I know there's a horse that won today, called Secret State, and he's a horse that's been. A, I saw him win at Nottingham, and I think he's a horse to keep on the right side of. Uh, I don't know if he's in the St Ledger still, but he might be a horse that's in a handicap and it's improving. That's got a great. Great pedigree and um he's by Debawi out of a a Guinea's winner. Um he actually lost it in the steward's room, but beautifully bred horse. So for me, Secret State would be a horse to keep on the right side of and possibly um step up to group company. So rather than pick one out on Saturday when there's so many horses with great chances, I think Secret State's the one to keep an eye on.
0: Okay, Richard, thank you very much for that. That'll keep all our punters happy with a with um an expert view of, of uh, fourth coming races, so thank you very much for that and we'll join up with you next week mm. and from Richard Phillips, we're going to catch up now with Rod Millman down at Clumpton OK, well good afternoon Rod, uh, thanks for joining us again um, a relatively quiet weekend for you this weekend Yeah, just two runners, we've got um, Abel Kane in the Sturridge Cup um,
8: Shame he got in really, because there's 28 for 250,000 and the constellation race owns only ten runners for fifty thousand.
0: Oh, yeah.
8: So I personally wouldn't let it go on for the fifty grand race.
0: <laughs> yeah, quite. Absolutely. But um it's a bit of a cavalry charge, isn't it, the Stewards Cup?
8: Very much so. Um you you've gotta be with the other fast horses. So nobody knows which is the best draw until probably a minute into the race. <laughs> yeah. Um we've gone for draw twenty two. Uh, so we're six off the standside side rail. Um, hopefully
0: we pick the right side. Yeah, quite. And is uh, Mr Coakley riding for you again? Pardon? Is uh, Rob Coakley riding for you again? No, no, he can't do the weight, unfortunately, so we've got Trevor Wheeling. All right, OK. And uh, what about the ones on the weekend? Any chance?
8: Only, got, we've got um, Princess Naomi. She's in a chester on Sunday. Um, she's of the last two. She's a nice filly. Um, she'd be favoured
0: if she runs, I expect. And is that if it for you... the for the weekend? Pardon? Is that it for the weekend? Just a two, just a two this weekend. Yeah. Okay. And um, I suppose to have a horse like Bay must be a dream for somebody like yourself, wouldn't it?
8: Oh yes, it would be. I always, I think anyone would be a dream for anybody. I mean, he's he's probably the the, the best horse since Frankel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nine on the trot. Um,
8: yeah, well, he's not better than Franco, you know. Yeah. He's, probably, he's probably got a better temperament
0: than Franco looking at him. You, I mean, you, you're quite happy him going over 10, for long as you don't think that'll be a problem to him. No, I think
8: he'd stay, um it, what, should, what should it be him?
0: And, um, you know, I mean, the chances of somebody like yourself, and I, I don't mean this in a derogatory fashion, but it, it's almost t- sort of two forms of race, isn't it, is, is your sort of down-to-earth approach, whereas, you know, William Haggis, he's in a different planet, isn't he?
8: Um, well, he's, he's got 250 horses, you know.
0: Yeah.
8: Um, and he, well, even William doesn't get the best horses as such. Um, the best horses go to the, yeah. Um, Galveston, Yeah. You know, in England, and um, William probably gets third pick. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah.
8: But again, third pick's very good. Um, I mean, the, the trouble is nowadays that people, the, the the big trainers, they want as many horses as possible. Basically, they they they. They gather up all the best urines they can they can get off it. They'll never trying to urine them down. Because if they've got them got it, no one else has got it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um they would have horses locked away in their stables that probably probably don't run. Mm. A lot of them won't run, you know. Yeah. But but no one else can run them either, you see? Yeah. If, if they've got them, yeah no one else can no one else can run them
0: to beat them. But The so say they look at it. Is it fair to say though that you know a horse like Bay comes along once every ten years, isn't it? Something like that.
8: Yeah, I mean you know he's he's, he's obviously a very good horse, you know, yeah. and he's in good hands. I mean Woody Haggis, one of the master trainers, isn't he? You know, mm. very good trainer. Um, I mean when you've got those really really good horses, the, the trainers who tend to have them are very good trainers. Mm. But against that, take Willie Muir. I mean Willie Muir's had the big winner Saturday.
0: Yeah, yeah, power no, driver. Power yeah, driver. Yeah. Um,
8: just There's a lot of trainers can train the, train the good horse if they get the chance.
1: Yeah.
8: I mean, Willie will proved that.
1: I've, I've done it with good horses. Yeah. Um, but, you see, I expect when they went into
8: training with William, I expect he probably had four or five that were better. Yeah,
0: yeah
8: you know, because that's the type of horses they get
0: sent, you know. We can only dream, Rod, we can only dream. Well, that's right, you know, <laughs> I mean, um, see, he was a homebred, I mean, if he'd gone to the sales, he'd have telephone numbers, hmm. but he was owned by Hand and
1: Al McTomb. Um, I mean, he's left a great legacy, he's, bred, he's bred, bred some wonderful horses, Um, you know, but
8: it's um, it's um like England, really, it, or Britain has now become the, the breeders, we, we, we supply horses all over the world now for the, the big places, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's why there's a hell of a second-hand market for English racehorses
0: nowadays. But Presumably Bide will go to stud now, won't he? Yes, he will. I think he'll have one more run, maybe two more runs
8: up yet. then, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
8: But, um, of course, they'll be frightening getting beat. That's the trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we, as I said, we can only dream Rod, can't we? Anyway? Well, that's right, but, you know, um, it's very hard to get a
8: horse, you know, the horses like him, they really are
0: only in two or three yards of the country now.adays Yeah, yeah. Still are so strong for the big yards, you know? Who's to say you're not going to reach those he- healthy heights fairly soon? Ne- next year, I reckon, mate. I I'd get a freak. Be a freak. <laughs> be a freak. <laughs> no, and then, no. then
8: again, I mean, I've won, I've won, I've won a Group One race, and yeah. a lot of trainers never win a Group One race.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. You see, positive it thinking. It can be right. done. It
8: can be done. It can be done.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to it next year, OK? <laughs> that's right,
8: yeah. Well,
0: you know, we had another winner last night, so that was good. Yeah, that's right. And uh, what sort of charts should give Abel Kane? I suppose as good as any of them, really. I mean, it's, it's, it's that he sort of a race, in, isn't it? He was second in the Constellation last
8: year. Um, I expect he'll be about
0: 25 to 1, I expect, you know? Yeah. OK, Rod, well, good luck with Abel Kane, and uh, let's hope you have a good weekend, and uh, we'll speak next weekend. OK, thank you. Thank Bye. you. Thanks, Rod. Bye-bye. Oh, he is a very, very brave man. We're going to catch up with Simon Holton. he's going to try and give us the winner of the Stewards' Cup. Now, that's bravery, if ever I heard it. Good morning, Simon. Uh, nice of you to come on the show again. You're uh, looking at Goodwood today on Saturday, so uh, the Stewards' Cup, I take it, will take prime place.
9: Yes, very much so. It's <clears> one of those great big handicaps that uh, is a feature of the British racing calendar, the Coral-sponsored Stewards' Cup tomorrow at Goodwood over the straight mostly downhill, six furlongs, so it's uh, not as stiff as, say, the six furlongs at uh, Royal Ascot for the Wokingham. And um, I I just always try and look at uh, what I think of the class horses in these races, and um, I think the two really stand out to me, and they are the top weight, Chill Chill. It's a very good mare, trained by Andrew Balding, who progressed so well last season and finished up uh, with a third in the Haydock Park Sprint Cup. That's a Group 1 race on her final start. And also great ambassador who went very close to winning this race 12 months ago, but was probably foiled by a far side draw and came through strongly, uh, hung a little bit to the centre of the course, and was just chinned in the closing stages and eventually finishing third behind Comanche Falls and Gulliver. Now, both those two horses run again, but they're they're not in great form at the moment, it seems. So I wonder if Great Ambassador can turn the tables on them. And he went on to run some very good races. He won a couple of times after his defeat in the Stewart's Cup and then was a a very unlucky loser, I thought, in the Air Gold Cup because he was second on Overall, but he won his race on the far side, whereas the winner, Bielsa, ran a solo down the stands rail. So he was a little bit unfortunate Great Ambassador in a couple of these big handicaps last season. And both Great Ambassador and Chill Chill ran in the Hackwood Stakes, which is a Group 3 race at Newbury the other day. And both ran well. They were 7th and 8th, Great Ambassador 7th, Chill Chill 8th. And Great Ambassador is 6 pounds better off with Chill Chill on that running, but I think they're both very useful sprinters indeed, and although they've got plenty of weight, I think they're bound to go well.
0: Now, um, our correspondent, Mr Millman, Rod Millman down at Columpton, he's got Abel Kane running today, or tomorrow. Um, what do you make of his chances? I see he's got £6 extra there.
9: Well, Abel Kane ran very well in the Stewards' Cup consolation race last year, chasing home Mr Wagyu. Mr. Wagyu is uh, a leading fancy for the race uh, tomorrow because he comes into it off a win at the Curra. Abel Kane um, won at Foss last two starts ago. That was over seven and a half furlongs, but he was a little bit disappointing the other day at Nottingham. I don't know if, um, if there was any excuse for that. But uh, as I say, he ran really well in this race, in the consolation race last season, beaten a half-length. Uh, or beaten uh, not too far by um, by uh, Mister Wagyu, beaten just over two leagues by Mister Wagyu, and a reproduction of that run should see him thereabouts. But um, obviously, the consolation race is not quite such a hot race as the as the Stewards Cup itself normally. So I, I suspect he's probably got a bit to find, and he certainly needs to improve a good deal on that last run. Well, she's a fantastic rider, isn't she? And I thought she rode um, Nashua with tremendous confidence. Uh, yesterday at Goodwood, uh, just sitting out the back, confident that she was on the best horse, and, and so it proved. And, you know, Nashua is a, a really tip top man and a quarter filly. Uh, yes, as you say, Holly Rise Tad Deed, who's got some quite good class form going back a ways, but uh, been well beaten in his last two starts, uh, including. Uh, behind Mountain Peak over five films at Ascot last time. and was uh, well beaten in the Wokingham. Uh, I think the Wokingham runner-up, Popmaster, who, like um, Great Ambassador, is trained by Ed Walker, is another one with a leading chance. He ran so well in the Wokingham. He looked a little bit unlucky before that at Chelmsford. But the draw is very important in this race, and I just wonder if Popmaster installed three on that far side from where Great Ambassador was a little bit unfortunate last year, whether that's going to be the ideal place again. Great Ambassador this year, along with Chilchil, drawn more towards the centre. And There's been a couple of sprint races this uh, week. Uh, Get Ahead won yesterday, Lord ridderford earlier in the week, and they tended to, to race down the centre. They came with their winning runs down the centre of the course. So I'm wondering if a, if a middle draw of the uh, 28 stall positions might be the best uh, place to be. I'm just going to go with Great Ambassador. Uh, uh, Hard to choose between him and... The mayor, chill, chill, really. But I think getting that six-pound pull for their run the other day at Newbury, and the other thing I like is the fact that Great Ambassador has shown that he really handles the course very well, and he's running into form. He was well beaten at Royal Ascot on his reappearance. That was a big improvement. At Newbury the other day, and I think he might just be peaking for this. And uh, Ed Walker's uh, book, Safi Osborne, is a very capable apprentice to take three pounds off. So uh, I think he's capable of of defying his mark. Uh, he showed that in that run at uh, at Air. Uh, he's so unfortunate that day, and that uh, he's due to win one of these. <laughs> I don't think my bank account will stretch that far, <laughs> to be honest, A D <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, what well, he, a he is, isn't he? You know, and he, he just he just does the job. You know, he's not um, a horse that wins by five or six lengths. But I, I, I was mystified by one or two comments in the press that um, you know maybe it wasn't quite as impressive as it might have been in the Sussex States. Well, I think that's rubbish. I mean, he was just shaken up, and he just de- delivers that fantastic turn of foot to order. And I fully expect him to be equally effective, even a bit better, over a longer distance, which he will face in the Juddmonte International at York next week, next month, over an extended mile and a quarter. So he's a he's a great horse. He's not he's not up there with Frankel at the moment, and probably he won't have the chance to get anywhere. Close to emulating Frank, i talking on, on the ratings, but he's probably the best horse we've seen since Frank have thought, something like that anyway. Very good horse indeed, and a real pleasure to watch. He, he looks a really perfectly formed horse. He's not the biggest horse you'll ever see, but he's just a, a great mover. He, and the one secret, I think, to, to a horse becoming great is his professionalism. He doesn't pull yeah you know, he switches off so well, he just saves it, and then, as I say, he'll quicken to order, and yeah. you know he's got uh, he's got gears that most horses don't have
0: well, I'm so, getting the stable bull i don't
9: know I don't know whether really we've seen him in top gear, no. maybe more.
0: Well, I'm getting the stables already built, so um, you know, that'll give, <laughs> I'll give you six months to get it sorted out. Well,
9: i tell you what, he, he would be a nice horse to own because he's going to be worth a fortune as stud. Yeah, quite. I don't know um, what, what his covering fee will be when it comes to next spring, but I suspect it's got to be well into six figures. Yeah. So, you know, if he can cover 200, 250 mares, you know, do the math. Yeah.
0: It's worth, well, he's won. He's won about two million pounds in prize money already. I think I heard him say. Yes,
9: so. and of course, the Juddmonte International is a hugely valuable race, and then he'll probably uh, go on to Champions Day, yeah. and um, maybe the Champion Stakes if he shows that he he stays the mile and a quarter at York, which I expect him to, and that too is a very valuable race. So he's gonna he's gonna be uh, hauling in the prize money one suspects in his last in the last two starts of his career pity mm-hmm. it's a, always always feel it's a bit short with these flat horses you know for yeah. him just a couple of seasons uh, as opposed to the jumpers who obviously come come back for uh, for many seasons providing their sound
1: yeah, but yeah. Uh,
9: nevertheless he's nine from nine and uh, you know i just can't uh, think of any reason to uh, criticize him at all i think he's a really terrific horse
0: I've got to mention as well, um, Stradivarius, um, very nearly won again. What a horse that is. Well, I thought he ran a fantastic race, didn't he, in the Mm. the Goodwood Cup, a race
9: he's won four times in the past. He got slightly held up uh, early in the home straight. I don't think it quite made the difference between winning and losing because Kiprios was staying on very strongly. I think he was always just... He always had the edge in the closing stages, but um, it was uh, a much better run, I think, than uh, uh, in the Gold Cup, or at least he had a better run through. And he shows that, you know, he's eight years old, and uh, he still retains a huge amount of ability. The, the handicapper thinks he's running about eight or nine pounds below his best these days, but it's still good enough to go very close in these cut races. And um, his owner, Bjorn Nielsen, has been encouraged to try again and try and go out maybe on a winning note, which would probably be um, either in the Lowther Stakes at um, uh, York, the York Ebor meeting, uh, or the Doncaster Cup. I don't imagine that they would take him back to the ARC meeting in October, because he struggles there uh, if the ground's a bit too soft. Yeah. but uh, you'd have to think he's got a great chance of having one final win in, in a couple of those Cup races still to come
0: Well it's been a great week so far let's hope the Stewards Cup can find us a winner and uh, finish off the you know the week in winning form Simon so thank you very much let's, for that
9: Let's hope so Adie <laughs> well,
0: Let's hope so indeed but uh, yeah we'll catch up with you again soon so thank you ever so much and um, you know we'll speak to you soon well, that was Simon Holt from The Sporting Life, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Lawson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. How are you doing? Yes, Adrian,
10: lovely week. The sun's coming out, it's not too hot, it's not too cold, there's not a lot of water around, and we've got glorious Goodwood on. Yes, yeah, So it it's like a that. fantastic week, and uh, I've got shares in two runners at Goodwood on Saturday, so going to be making the trek up there, and uh, hopefully we'll see one of them get into the winner's enclosure. Oh, and,
0: best uh, of luck for that. Yeah, be nice. Yeah, that'd be nice.
10: It will be. We had a nice winner down at Newton Abbott a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was entertaining. The girls come down with me We were was in the paddock for the first time. It's at 12 now and uh, they got taken into the winning owner's champagne bar and was offered champagne and uh, the autistic one to her and she said to the woman who offered it to her, she said, I'm not allowed champagne because I've got school tomorrow and I can't go to school with a (laughs) hangover.
0: (laughs) <laughs> nice, one. <laughs> nice
10: one. Yeah, I was just uh, entertaining what kids think and uh, how they do uh, what they do. So it was, uh, yeah. the woman was just laughing. I was laughing, and uh, it was quite entertaining. But uh, we're, uh, we're having a good time at Goodwood at the moment, and uh, we're going to have a look through the card for Saturday. So we'll uh, kick off with the 105 race there, and a the horse I like the looks of in this uh, newcomer sort of race is Loyal Touch. Going to be ridden by ryan moore and it's trained by mark johnston now it's owned by a very good friend of mine jabber Abdullah, and uh it's a very strange jockey booking having ryan moore on board of mark johnston horse which immediately took my eye and uh, then you have a look at his race form he got beat three quarters of length on his debut by bayesian bandit but when i watched the race back it raced out wide it didn't get any cover and it was running on really well it uh, shows that you must have a bit of, a bit of talent in, in, in the tank there, as they say, and it's priced up at around about 5 to 1 with Bet 365 at the moment, and I think that's worth having a little each way bet on there. So, Royal uh, Touch in a 105 at Goodwood. Okay. Moving down to the 140, a uh, horse that I like here is Mockatiel. Harry Davis takes the ride for Ian Williams. Now, Mockatiel's more of a five furlong horse than he is a six furlong horse. Now, saying that the track at Goodwood is very, very quick at the moment, they're breaking the track records quite regular at the at the festival this week. So it, it's something to look at that a six furlong race and a five furlong horse may well gel and go very well in it. Now, this fella, he he, right, he's one off a handicap mark of 82 over six furlongs, but that was back in 2020 and as I say, he's primarily been run over five furlongs ever since. Now, when you take into consideration he's off a handicap mark of 86 now, but Harry Davis is a £5 pound claimer, so he's theoretically running a pound below his last winning mark over six furlongs. With conditions to suit and the track to suit and the way the speed emphasis is on the track at the moment, I think he's going to be a nice little bet there, and he's priced up at 11-1 to one at the moment with William Hills, We've got four places on offer on the race. So that's Mocketeel in the 140.
0: Okay, fine.
10: Moving down to the 210, Now we a horse that we backed at Ascot, uh, Gold Maze, going to be ridden by Safi Osborne and Jamie Osborne. As I say, we backed this at a massive price at Ascot, and he was running really well until the last one and a half furlongs, and he blew up. Now, bearing in mind that he's only had four runs in the past two years, it's not a surprise that he blew up. But I think he'll come out and he'll strike a lot fitter now in this sort of race. Again, he's going to be a massive price. He's 33 to 1 with Sky Bet with five places on offer. Or if you're thinking of it, the first four is 40 to 1. I think this horse is going to show up very well in this race there on Saturday. So uh, the 210 Gold Maze, a nice each way back there.
0: Okay. Moving
10: down to the 245 Viola. Dan Muscat takes a ride for James Franshaw, stepping up in trip and taking on La Rosa for uh, I think it's the fourth time these two have clashed now. And uh, La Rosa's won three of them and Viola's won one of them. But bearing in mind, Viola's been having to give a weight every time they've been running together and now they're racing off a level weight, it's going to be a bit of a different situation. Now, Viola beat La Rosa, and she was given a 12 pounds that day. So Viola's actually 12 pound better off of that when than when she actually beat her. And as I say, they're running off level weights. The only thing is the trip's an unknown quantity here, but this is one that I actually own a part sharing in Viola. And uh, the trainer says he's quite confident she'll see the trip out and run a very, very big race. So being priced up at 14 to 1 with Bet365 of three places on offer, I think she's worth having an each way bet on.
0: Okay. But
10: Viola in 2.45. All right. Moving down to the next race, the 3.20, the big race of the day. First Folio, ridden by Tam Musket again and trained by James Ferguson. This is the other one that I actually have a, a share in. Now, the trainer's comments are, I've had this horse laid out for this race for most of the year and we plan to put the cheek pieces on him to keep him concentrating in the final furlong so he can win the race is what we've been told by the the trainer. So uh, he's been dropped a pound since his last run, which is very helpful. Now, bearing in mind as well, when this fella's run on good to firm going, he's never been beaten more than four lengths, and he's won two of his six races. He's he's won two of them, been fourth twice and fifth twice. And as I say, he's never been beaten more than four lengths when the going's been good to firm. Now, he's priced up at 10 to 1 at the moment with six places on offer with bet 365. If you want the 10 to 1, I'll get on him quick because I know full well that there's going to be a heap of money going on him. So that's first folio in the 320 race.
0: Okay. Next race on the card. Hang on. Right, start again. Hang on a minute. Next race. Just a minute. Are you going to do that again? Hey. Last one. Last one, right. Okay. Hang on a sec, Dave. Right. um, Where were we? 3.55. Right. Can you start from there again? Sorry.
10: Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And the next race on the card is 3.55. And the horse that we like in this race is Wood Wodhamton. It's going to be ridden by John Egan and trained by Andrew Borden. Again, another combination of jockey and trainer, which isn't a regular setup. Now, first time this horse run on good to firm going, it absolutely bolted up under John Egan at Epsom. It won the race by four and a half lengths, as easy as you like. And the horse that comes second in that race come out and bolted up next time as well. So Woodton hadn't actually run great form prior to that, but looking at what it did on that one run over the good to firm going at Epsom, it's either the track it likes, or it's the going it likes. I'm going to take a suggestion it's a going and uh, we're going to have a nice each way bet on it. It's priced up at 9 to 1 with corals at the moment with three places on offer each way and as I say like, it's another jockey trainer combination that's not regular and when they when they teamed up on this horse before it absolutely steamed in. So a follow up of that form it, it'll go very very close to winning. So that's Wotan in 3.55. righty,
0: ho. Moving down
10: to the last race on the card, four thirty. Uh horse we like here is called General Lee. Gonna be ridden by Kevin Stott and trained by Paul Cole. Now Paul Cole had a massive winner on uh, Thursday at the glorious Goodwood Festival in Royal Scots and broke the track record and absolutely bolted and ran very, very well. Coming from the same stable, uh, General Lee should well be in good form as well. <laughs> now, this fella has been Shit. favourite. sorry,
0: a mate. it's going bloody wrong here. Fucking hell. Hang on a sec, sorry. Bloody fuck. Right, can you start again? Sorry, mate.
10: Right, the 4.30 race, the last race on the card. The horse we like here is General Lee. Going to be ridden by Kevin Stott and trained by Paul Cole. Now, Paul Cole had an absolute massive winner on Thursday at Glorious Goodwood. Uh, Royal Scotsman bolted up, broke the track record, and uh, General Lee coming from the same same sort of form. I don't know if he's going to be in record-breaking, track record sort of form, but this fella's been favourite six out of the ten, well, favourite or second favourite, six of the ten races he's actually won in. But the thing that we've noted is he's had two races at Goodwood. He won one and he got beat a nose in a photo finish in the second one. Now, add that together with the stable form and General Lee having his second race of the year, I think he's going to be an absolute tremendous each-way bet. He's priced up at 20 to 1, 5 places with Bet365, or 16 to 1, 6 places with Sky Bet, and he's going to be one of my banker each-way bets of the day. So that's General Lee in the 4.30 at Goodwood there.
0: OK, fine.
10: Hopefully we'll have a good day there. Uh, Viola and First Folio flying the flag for my little shares and the uh, uh, bits that we have involved with them. And uh, it'll be a good day if we could get in the winner's enclosure or whatever we can do with them. So uh, just be nice to see and be a lovely day out there. So well, hopefully everyone will have a couple of winners there and uh, be entertaining. Well, as
0: our American fans would say, enjoy. Well, that was Dave Wilson. Now it's time to catch up with Colin Brown, who's down at Goodwood. Good morning, Colin. How are you? Is it nice and sunny down at Goodwood? Ah, oh, glorious Goodwood. That's what it's all
11: about. Glorious Goodwood. And it's beautiful.
0: Good. Glad to hear it. So, what have you got for us this week, then?
11: Well, we've got. I've got an interesting uh, horse uh, to talk about in Galway. Yeah. and then of course we do have Newmarket and Lingfield but basically on Saturday it's all about Glorious Goodwood so it is just fantastic racing but let's uh, let's pop over to the old Emerald Sea and just talk about um, Galway first of all maybe
0: yeah whatever you say
11: because one of your local trainers has got a runner here in the 230 and that's Harry Fry and uh, Harry is a good friend of mine and uh, he I, he was at Goodwood yesterday, along with a good mate of mine, Brian Lambert, that has a few horses with him, and they run a horse in Ireland that he will come on for the race a little bit, but he's as fit as they can get him, and he's running for a big pot, 110,000 euros, in the Ball Sports Handicap Hurdle at 2:30, and he's called Boot Hill. He's a pretty smart horse, Boot Hill. He hasn't been the easiest to train. But he's a pretty smart animal on his day, and uh, he's won two of his eight races. But there's a lot more improvement in this horse, and I think we'll find that one day he's going to turn out to be a pretty special steeple, ch- steeple chaser. So he's the horse that I like in Ireland. Out there at Galway, a place I've never been, I'd like to go, um, and that is uh, Boot Hill, running out there at uh, at, at uh, Galway. So that looks a bit of fun.
0: OK, well, we'll uh, we, put that one down.
11: We'll come from Galway and we'll come back to Lingfield. It's an evening meeting at Lingfield, and I expect they got some old group on there or something. They normally give it a bit of stick, yeah. uh, these uh, meetings here at um, at Lingfield, to be honest. And there's also, I quite fancy, in the 540, and it's called... If, uh, it's called, uh, car, where is it? I've got it here, Bonzi, it's called. It's trained by Johnny Portman. It was third tour called Ipanema Princess the other day at Epsom. Um, and it's uh, well capable of winning today. So that's my selection at, uh, at Lingfield, to be honest. Um, I've just really got a couple of selections there. The other one runs, in the two in the uh, nineteen fifteen, so it's the seven fifteen, mm-hmm. and it's a horse that's, uh, it's a fairly poor race, So I think it'll probably win. It's called Accrington Stanley, and it's been running all right. Wouldn't be very far at Bath last time out. All the time before, I think it could go and win today. Accrington Stanley, it's called. So have a little look at that one, in the.
0: Seven fifteen at Lingfield you ever been
11: there uh Lingfield
0: no Accrington Stanley
11: oh, <laughs> I <didn't name> my...
0: <laughs> where is that Accrington Stanley is um it's fairly close to sort of Preston uh, Blackburn area um oh yeah and they've got a, a very small little football ground there and uh The uh, dressing rooms—you can't even swing a cat in, let alone a footballer. Um, Yes, and um, I think the last time I went there, Yeovil won from memory. So there you go. How interesting is that? Well, I don't know. To to football fans, it might be, but to you, obviously being a sort of a, you know, philistine and not into your football, then I suppose it's not really an awful lot of interest. Mary might. Mary might be interested, though. You know, you never know.
11: That does interest. Where Mary should be today and the weekend is Glorious Goodwood, down here sunning herself, having a couple of glasses of Pims with a lovely big sort of, you know, boater on hat on. We've all got hats down here, different colour bands on them, and down here enjoying herself, sat in the sunshine, having a pink, uh, uh, a little pink Pims and a. And a martini or something. That's where Mary should
0: be. Talking of hats, mate, did you see uh, on ITV yesterday? They were they went to one of these little shops at the, uh, Goodwood, and uh, they yeah. were they were flogging these these sort of creamy coloured hats. You know what I mean? I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Uh, it's true. And there was yeah. there was three of them there, and one of them was yeah. sixteen thousand pounds, sixteen grand uh, yeah. for a hat. They're having a uh, laugh, uh, aren't they? Just, what's that all about? I mean, they they're having a laugh, aren't they? Really, I, I suppose if you're mug enough to spend, and you could have got one for about a hundred and twenty quid. Well, I mean, even that's a lot of money to me for a hat. But you know, sixteen hundred well, quid. Oh dear, oh dear. I,
11: no, it's madness. I I, tr- I tried a lovely hat on the other day after. It was one hundred ninety nine pounds. Yeah. And uh, so I went to Stratford the next day and I bought one very similar for fifteen. <laughs> but it won't last very long. Mm. But at least you know I can then wear it for gardening and then. Throw it away. Anyhow, let's get off our hats. Let's get on to Newmarket. We've got a couple of bits and pieces up at Newmarket. There's a uh, some some pretty good racing up there at Newmarket tomorrow. And I would say that in the where are we just get to the right race. Yeah, I would say that in the 155 at Newmarket, Frank and is riding a horse called Fox Degree. For Rafe Beckett, and this one is um, this one is, uh, a horse that won last amount of Foss last fourth, the other than the time before, not being very far Nottingham. And uh, they tell me that will win Fox Degree. It's around about three to one up there at Newmarket. Now, DeJory, I think, also can win the fillies and mares listed on a horse called Elegant First. A little bit disappointed at Newbury last time out, but the ground was on the soft side. I think she really wants it pretty fast, and I think she'll take the beating. So that is a horse that I think will win a uh, 2.25 at Newmarket Elegant Verse. So that brings us on to the great, here we are, Goodwood. We have a seven-race program at Goodwood, and it's absolutely fantastic racing there, and uh, no better place to be on a lovely sunny day so that's where i will be um and i'm just looking at uh at um, the horses in the first race the 105. i think it will go to classic it's trained by richard hannon it was a bit of an eye catcher the other day when fourth the Tajish, at newbury and i know hannon's won this race several times before and i would say this one will win today that's what I like to say to punters. will win today. That's being pretty uh, bullish, if you like. Uh, right, what else have we got there? Second race is the 140 here at Goodwood for Saturday's racing. And um, I think it'll probably go to a horse that's just won its last two races called Lethal Levy, trained by Carl Burke. And. Uh, Carl's horse is in good form. He likes a little pop at Goodwood, and I reckon this one will take the beating in the uh, second race. That's it, one forty here at Goodwood. Now, it gets harder as it goes on, but there's a horse that um, won the other day at Newmarket called Soapy Stevens, and uh, the time before it won at Chester, It's not a bad horse, this, it's got some pretty good form, and I think Soapy Stevens will take a bit of beating here in the the 210, the Coral Summer Handicap, ridden by Franny Norton, who was 52 years old yesterday, that was Thursday, Um, and I think that'll win. Right, are you there? I'm here. Are you, my radio presenters have gone very quiet?
0: No, and I'm just yeah, I'm just waiting for your words of wisdom.
11: Okay, the two forty five is the Lily Langtree Stakes, lovely names, Lily Langtree. what a great history? Um and in the Lily Langtree Stakes, there's also awesome, Tom Marquan rides, um and I know they think it's pretty smart. And it was just beaten at Haydock, a place I'm not mad on, um the time before it won at Haydock, but it's called Clarossa. Yeah. C La Rossa and the 245 horse number 3C La That's the one I fancy to win. Now, there is a very, very, very difficult race at 3.20 and it's called the Stewards' Cup. Anything could win this. Honestly, anything could win this. It's such a difficult race. But, you know, it's just one of those races where you need a little bit of luck, um, and, you know, I've known horses in it that have finished 11th feet in about two lengths, and, you know, unlucky not to finish third or even win the race. I mean, it's such a hard race to try and sort of
0: put your finger on. Well, your but, friend and mine, um, Simon Holt, has made a decision, but I'm not going to tell you what important. it is until you tell me what you reckon know. Mm. I thought you might tell me. Okay, okay, mm.
11: okay, 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 okay. Well, I'm going to go for a horse ridden by Holly Dawes. Had a great week called Tapdeed. And it's 33 to 1. It's drawn 28. It'll either be, you know, you want to be where the speed is. So good to get a horse on either side of you, if you like. So it's drawn 28. It's trained by Archie Watson. It's tumbled about a stone in the handicap. And I reckon could run a big, big race in our, uh, our Magnolia, uh, Magnolia Cup, our Stewards Cup um, on Saturday. So that's going to be one of my
0: selections. Um, well, you're picking two then.
11: Yeah, I'm going for two because the other one's ridden by her husband. It's called pop Master, and it's trained uh, second in the Wokingham. It's trained by Ed Walker and I don't think that'll be far away and that's drawn on the other side <laughs> of the track in three. So they're my two. The Stewards Cup on Saturday,
6: and what does
0: young Simon say? Oh, excuse me, I was just sneezing. Um, Simon says, um, where have I heard that before? Simon says that's an expression, isn't it? Anyway, um, yeah, Simon has, has got he's a toss up between two, he reckons Chill Chill, ridden by Harry Davis, trained yeah. by Andrew Balding, and Great yeah. Ambassador, ridden by Safi Osborne and trained by Ed Walker. There you go. So Very interesting. that's that's four we've got see. now. Then for the stewards' cup. So so,
11: whoops, so repeat those again.
0: Chill, chill, Harry yeah. Davis and Andrew Boarding and Great Ambassador yeah. Safi Osborne and okay. Ed Walker. Right. That sounds fantastic. So. That sounds
11: good to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish you on a on a winner here at um, Goodwood for Saturday, and it's called uh, a Giro it runs in the 4.30. It's trained by, ridden by Crowley, who's having a good week, and it's trained by a jumps trainer, and that is Kim Bailey. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, um, host, disc jockey, AD, that is my lot.
0: Well, fair enough, Colin. Um, I know you're a busy man, and you've got to go off and start entertaining. It must be such hard work entertaining people, drinking all that champagne and pims. I mean, God, how do, uh, you, how do you cope with the pressure?
11: It's not good. And I tell you what, yesterday I was here at some um, Goodwood. There's a lovely box, and there's some fantastic uh, um, guy who hosts it, owns it. It's called. It, uh, can I give it a mention on the radio?
0: Yeah, go on, go for it. Live dangerously. It,
11: it, the the, 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 um, the uh, company's called Incognito, and a few of my friends are in there through invites of one thing or another. Anyway, he said to me, listen, if you fancy a bit of lunch, come and have some nice lamb with us, and, you know, it, it, it came in, and the lamb looked fantastic, lovely mint sauce, and then, like dauphinois potatoes topped in uh, truffles, just shaved over them. Anyhow, I said, thank you, but no thank you, and I'm busy working, but um, I sort of found out the price of how, how much it is to go to this uh, particular event is quite cheap really, just nine hundred pounds a head for the
0: oh, day. Wow. Oh, <laughs> chicken feed, isn't it? Absolute chicken feed. Chicken feed. Yeah. Absolute chicken feed. There's, there's there a band go. called Incognito, you know. Did you know that?
11: Yes, well, yeah. No, I didn't.
0: Well I did actually. I did they're quite good. They're quite I think so anyway. They're right quite good. I have got to go. Take it easy. Right. Okay, Colin. We'll see you next week. Well, that's just about it for this week on The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. Uh, Thanks to our guests, Colin Brown, Simon Holt, uh, Richard Phillips and Rod Millman. So until next week, please join us again then and let's hope you have loads of winners over the weekend. (laughs)